Okay, so today on This Is Not What I Expected, we're joined with Tori, <laughs> who's actually my cousin. Hello, So hello. Um, we were just talking about how you wanted to, well, I was going to tell you to tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah, so I used to be a personal trainer, and um, before that, like, I was a competitive gymnast, and so I was very into yeah. fitness and being athletic and doing all of the health things. Yeah. And I kept getting clients that were coming to me that wanted to lose weight or get fit or get toned and they would reach their goals and they'd hit it and they would do really, really well. And then what would happen is something would happen in their lives and it would work as like a speed bump and it would throw them back to completely before when they before they reach their goal. So let's say your goal was to lose 10, 15 pounds, you lose it. And then six months down the road, something goes wrong in your life. And now you gain 20. So now you've gone back further than where you started. And because the root problem still isn't solved. So I went back and forth with a bunch of different clients trying to figure out what was throwing them off and what, why they weren't able to stick to these goals and plans yeah. that they really wanted to so badly. And it was one client that really like shifted it for me. We'd worked together for three months. She had wanted to lose 10 pounds more than anything. Yeah. And I kept wondering why, like, what's your reason? Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? What is it? Mm-hmm. And she kept coming back to like, I just want to feel confident. I want to feel good, which is great and amazing. And after three months, I asked her one more time cause she just wasn't committing and I knew it yeah. wasn't her real reason. And she looked at me in the eyes and she said, I want to lose 10 pounds cause I just want my husband to want to have sex with me again. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is not a weight loss problem. This yeah. is not a diet problem. This is a self-love problem. Mm -hmm. And that really made a big click in my head of how many of my clients are using fitness as a band-aid for a deeper self-love issue. Mm -hmm. So I switched all of my work and all of my focus to being on self-love, confidence, the way you speak to yourself, the way you allow other people to treat you, what you kind of do for yourself in the day Mm -hmm. and all of those things and stopped focusing on what you were eating or what you were doing exercise wise. And all of my clients got a hundred percent better results. And so within about six months, I shut down my fitness business and opened up my relationship coaching one. And the reason why I feel like it's so important is because myself personally, like I was in three abusive, toxic relationships back to back because I thought that I was getting into them because of other people. Right. So I thought that it was someone else's fault or I thought it was someone else that was doing this to me, but it was the way I was choosing to live my life because I didn't love myself. And Mm -hmm. once that became clear, I was like, oh shit, I really need to help people with this because once I, I saw it, it, became so clear in other people. So now when I have a conversation with somebody and they're like, this is wrong in my life. Like, is that really wrong or do you just not love yourself? Yeah. So. Well, it's true because when you're on that like journey of losing weight, a lot of the time there is like a deeper meaning behind it. It's not just like, I want to lose weight because I want to lose weight. I mean, yeah. there is maybe like the odd person, but I feel like, of course, and we all so want to lose. Yeah, yeah, we all want to lose like five pounds or whatever. Yeah. But when you really have a desire, like I need to lose weight, why? Mm-hmm. Like, 
there is something driving you, whether it's an insecurity, maybe it's something a parent said, maybe Mm -hmm. it's something a teacher said, maybe it's something a bully at school said, and they made a comment about your weight or your hair or your glasses or your whatever. And you carried that with you. And now you need to change it because it's wrong, Mm -hmm. but it never was. Right. So it's an interesting frame of mind in a sense. How did you, so how did you, what I want to say, like, what would be the process then? Like, how do you work with clients? When, so initially when, if somebody wants to work with me, we do like, like a test session. So it's like a discovery session where we hang out on the phone for a half an hour to an hour and you just kind of dump what's going on on me and like, tell me what's up, what you're thinking, what's happening in your life. What are you experiencing? Is there something that keeps happening and you don't know why and you're really frustrated about it? And essentially, during those 30 minutes to an hour, I kind of listen for something underneath. So while you're telling me what's wrong, I'm listening to what connects between what's wrong and what patterns I notice in the things that are wrong in different areas of your life. So are you having the same problem with family and friends and your romantic partner? Are you having a similar problem with your boss that you used to have with your mom? Are you having a similar partner with your problem with your partner that you used to have with a sibling? Where, where has this happened before and how can we change your perspective on it? Because if you keep going to the same problem the same way, you're never going to get anywhere else with it. And so if we can change the way you're thinking about your problem and shift your perspective so that you can approach it in a different way, Mm -hmm. then it's no longer as big of a problem because you're not looking at it the same way. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I was wondering how that would like work, like what the process would be. Yeah. That is really interesting. It is. It's, We go back and forth a lot. It's a lot of, um, like, based specifically what's going on in your life right now. So it's like, what are you dealing with? What are you feeling? And then what are the And I think a lot of that comes from, like, people's frame of mind. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, what thoughts are you telling yourself? So, for instance, when something happens and you're telling me a story or my client is telling me a story, um they're also telling themselves something on top of it, right? Like what that yeah. story means. Yeah. So you, if somebody says something to you, you take it as they say it and you also add your own meaning. You right. say, you know, well, they're only saying that because they think of this or they are only saying that because they don't truly like me or they're mm-hmm. only saying that because they think I'm an idiot or they feel bad or whatever <clears throat> reason you have that story in your head yeah. and you tell yourself that, which is what's creating your feelings. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I find a lot of the times too, we take what we add, I guess. And then we just automatically assume it's true. Yes. And we have nothing to back it up. <laughs> well, our own, and, and it is true. Cause like we can only see things from our own perspective. Yeah. And what we see is our experience. And that is true. It is our experience. It's mm-hmm. just not their experience. Yeah. And so when we assume that when somebody else does something and it hurts us, it's because of whatever negative thought that we're thinking, mm-hmm. then that causes a problem in the relationship, even though what that person did had nothing to do with you whatsoever. Yeah. You made it about you in your own head. Right. 
And so you kind of created a problem, Mm -hmm. like as an exact example of this, um, myself, I'm super chatty, obviously. (laughs) Um, and my, my boyfriend is not, so he's very quiet and very calm, very chill, doesn't like to chat. And previously I, when I was in abusive and toxic relationships, they would use the silent treatment as a punishment on me because I like to talk and I hate being ignored. And whenever they wanted me to feel like I did something wrong, they would use the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. So flash flash forward into my healthy relationship. At the very beginning, when Grant would be quiet, I would actually think in myself that I did something wrong Mm -hmm. because in my experience, silence equaled I was in trouble or I was Mm -hmm. in the wrong or I needed to apologize. And I would tell myself those feelings, those thoughts, even when the people who were telling me that for years were gone. So I removed them from my life, but I continued creating that same problem Mm -hmm. afterwards from something that wasn't there anymore. And so I would feel upset when he was quiet and feel hurt and alone when in reality he was just doing his own thing. And I had to learn how to come out of my shell and reach out and confirm that it wasn't the silent treatment and he was just doing his own thing. After some time it was fine, but that beginning was really, really tough because I had this story in my head that silence equals I had done something wrong and it was really hard to turn that off. Yeah. That's actually, um, not in any of my, like, relationships or anything, but, like, growing up, that's, I think I remember talking about this in, like, a different episode with a friend, but we were talking about how just, like, friendships in general, and um, for me, I had a lot of really bad (laughs) friendships growing up in the sense that um, I used to think if we would get in a fight or something like that, just that just meant we wouldn't be friends and it's, like it was so weird. It's so weird how I used to think that because now when I get in fights with friends, I'm like, whatever, we're having a disagreement. Like, I'm going to yeah. talk to them later. Yeah, like we're Whereas, humans. like, when I, when, it first, when I first had a friendship, I guess, uh, after so many repeated kind of... Just leave it. Yeah. It was very weird for me because I remember... I don't remember what it was, but I remember this one specific fight I had with a friend. And in my head, I automatically went to, like, oh, my God we're not going to be friends anymore. That's it. Yeah. Like the friendship is over. Like might as well move on, find somebody else. Yeah. Like she was like, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like why? I just remember thinking like, why did I ever think that way? But that's because so many of my previous friendships, we would get into fights and then it was like, it was like that ultimatum where it's like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Yeah. Which is so weird. You either agree with me or we're not going to be friends. And it's so weird because it's like, that's not how friendship works. (laughs) I think when we're younger, it's tough to understand what real friendship is because we want acceptance so badly. Yeah. And when we fight with our friends, it feels like they don't accept us. And so it's kind of like, oh, you don't accept me exactly as I am 100% of the time. Like, that's it. Like, you don't like me. You mustn't like me. And I think as we get older, we learn that just because someone is frustrated with a part of you doesn't mean they don't like love you as a whole. But as a kid, it's really tough. And even like as a teenager and a young adult, it's tough to like make that connection. Yeah. Okay. So we're on a good topic. So I think, um, let's talk about why people have a hard time forgiving other people. I think, um, in one sense, 
when you're looking at forgiving people, there's one aspect to look at first. And is yeah. if it's if the person who hurt you is sorry. Yeah. Um, so obviously when the person who hurt you isn't, it's significantly harder to yeah. forgive anything yeah. because you're not only upset about what happened, but you're also feeling the hurt from them not acknowledging yeah. your hurt. So it almost doubles it. Mm-hmm. When somebody acknowledges the fact that they hurt you and they it's apologize, like a validation too. it is. Yeah. It's okay, even though you did this thing and it sucked, you're acknowledging that it sucked and you're apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. And that is a big step when it comes to forgiving people. Yeah. Now, truly forgiving somebody actually isn't about the other person, it's about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the hardest thing I had to figure out because yep. obviously like forgiving abusive partners and forgiving it's like, why people would I want who, to? Yeah, yeah. People who've done awful things to me that now looking back, obviously I grew so much from them and mm-hmm. I'm thankful now, but at the time I was feeling hella differently about yeah. <laughs> it and getting to that point of forgiveness is so hard because we feel like if you forgive somebody, mm-hmm. it means what they did is okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's more important to look at forgiveness as being you letting go of the part that's hurt as opposed yeah. to letting go of what like they did. So you're, you are forgiving them. Yes, but they still have to deal with their guilt. They still have to yeah. deal with their shit. You're not really like you're forgiving them, but you're not in control of how they're feeling. Yeah. When you forgive somebody, you just stop worrying about it. Yeah. That's all that happens. Because you you holding on to a grudge doesn't hurt the other person. Yeah. Especially if they're not you. in your life. If yeah. they're in your life, you may be able to hurt the other person by using, you know, the silent treatment or holding a grudge or using manipulation or petty things to yeah. hurt them. But you're only going to hurt yourself more in the process because yeah. you're doing it like to be vindictive and to be hurtful and to do it for, from that place. And it's not going to get you the feeling that you want. Mm -hmm. You're doing it because you want to feel better, but it's only going to make you feel worse. Yeah. Whereas if you can change the way you're thinking from being, well, what they did is okay. And it's not, and it doesn't have to be, but you're going to be okay anyway. And focus on that. Um, and moving on as opposed to necessarily like them being okay. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. That was something that I had to learn too, is that like, just because, yeah, like just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that what they did was okay. Yeah. You're just, you grow more from letting go of it in a sense, rather than focusing on it so much. Like, for example, like I had falling out with someone and there was a time where I would just constantly go on like their Instagram and like check up, but it's like, why? That's only making me feel worse about the situation. Yeah, it's like, only comparing yeah. yourself to where they're showing you they are. Yeah, Cause obviously exactly. like what we post on Instagram isn't Not real life. Real, yeah. It's the highlight reel. Yeah, so when exactly. we check you know, you break up with somebody and then you check their Instagram and they're already posting a picture with like a new partner or a new date or whatever. You're making yourself feel bad because you're seeing, you're like, oh, well they're so happy now. 
Yeah. But you don't know that. You don't know what they're really feeling. Yeah, you don't exactly. know any of that. You're just telling yourself that story because you think if you're unhappy, everybody else has to be happy yeah. because it's only you that yeah. is struggling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've had a lot of friends too. Like, um, I always feel bad. Like, I feel like I'm like throwing shade. I'm not. <laughs> but like, I have a lot of friends who like say they go through a breakup or like they stop talking to someone that they were interested in and then they constantly check up on them Mm -hmm. and it's like because I did have to go through and kind of learn that like just don't put yourself in that situation yeah I find I don't know I don't understand now anyway now that I've kind of learned from it I don't quite understand the purpose of checking in on where they are in life like I have friends who like will check on someone after like four or five years and like I mean, I too kind of sometimes get like that odd curiosity of just like wondering like what they're up to. Yeah. But I feel like at that point, after like five or six years, I've like separated myself from that situation. So it's out of curiosity. But it's another thing when it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is what they're doing now. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense. I feel like, I feel like it depends on where it's coming from. Yeah. Because like if you're checking up on them, like I'm friends with exes of mine and we're friends on social media and like we chat every now and then and that's fine because obviously like it's not I'm not checking out this person to see how you're doing we're just friends like they have their own family I have my own thing we're just yeah we obviously didn't work well together but not for any horrifying reason and we're fine um now after my abusive relationships for the short period, there were absolutely a time where like I would log into Instagram or Facebook and like spy and check and like look at all of the things. And all those times, personally, I feel like it was to prove to myself that I had made the right choice. Yeah. Um, Specifically in my situation. Now I know obviously different situations are different. And when you get caught up, like generally speaking, when somebody breaks up with somebody else, I give the advice, delete them off everything, close off of everything. Even if you want to be friends with them, let yourself heal first. And then if you want to be friends, you can do that after because watching somebody else heal while you're healing is only going to disrupt your healing process. Yeah. So separate that, but let's just say you wanted to be friends after that's fine. Have a talk about it. Yeah. But if you're kind of constantly like finding yourself spying and like checking on them and like every six months, like you just need yeah. to check. And every time you do it, you find yourself feeling low after mm-hmm. check in with the feeling that you're feeling before you look. Yeah. So when you're feeling that drive to look, dig under that. Like, why do I want to look? Is it because I don't feel like I would find somebody better? Mm-hmm. Is it because I don't feel like I'm good enough to be happy and they are? Is it because I'm angry? Is it because I'm sad? Like, why do you yeah. want to look? What's the real reason? Mm-hmm. Because that's what's driving you to keep looking for it. And if it's yeah. happening repeatedly, there's something you're not dealing with, like underneath yeah. that. Yeah. If it happens once, of course, like we're all curious, it happens. But if yeah. you're repeatedly like finding yourself searching for something, dig under that because there's yeah. something you're avoiding and mm-hmm. choosing to look at this X in place of dealing with that. Yeah. I actually find that a really good point because I feel like being self-aware of like 
your intentions or like just what you're feeling in general is yeah. really important. What do I want? Yeah. Cause so I did like a huge, at one point I did a huge like unfollowing spree on Instagram mm. just because there were so many people I was following where I was like, why am I following them? I feel like I just constantly compare myself to them. Yep. Um, and I think there is a good, like, I think it's important to think about like who you're following and stuff like that. And like, if it's not serving you, like, why are Let you, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's important to acknowledge that you don't have to constantly, because there's this weird, like, understanding on Instagram. Nobody ever talks about it, but there's this weird understanding where it's like, oh, if you follow someone, they have to follow you back. Or like, mm. especially if you're all in the same industry, like so many photographers or like whatever, like models follow me on Instagram. But then I find sometimes I'm just like constantly comparing myself. So it's like I tried to be kind of selective just because for my own mental health, yeah. I don't want to be constantly comparing myself to people. It's and important. it's not anything personal, but I find it's weird. It's like people get so like hurt by it on Instagram, but it's mm-hmm. like you have to do what's best for you. Like, I don't know. It's true. I'm personally quite selective about who I follow yeah. on Instagram. And that's because I like to actually one engage with the people that I follow. So yeah. if I'm, if I'm following you, I like your shit. I yeah. comment on your shit. <laughs> I'm involved. Like it's because I, I like what you're doing. It's because of yeah. something like that. I'm not following you to make you feel good because I don't have time for that. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't have time for that. I want to be able to give my energy and attention to the yeah. people in my life that are there and that need me and that I want to give it to. And if I'm constantly giving out dribs and drabs of my attention yeah. everywhere, those are the people that lose out because I'm, I'm drained. And it feels diluted. Like it doesn't feel, I don't know. I see so many people who are like, Oh, let me start like an engagement group where we'll all comment on each other's stuff. But it's Mm -hmm. like, it seems so shallow because it's just like great work or like, yeah, like, well, and that's even like, I'm, I'm in one engagement group actually. And it's like, I specifically say, I'm like, I refuse to be in this group unless everybody is actually, you read the post, you comment regarding the post yeah. and actually get involved. I'm like, I'm not interested in Cause there's so many vanity out there metrics, where it's, yeah, where it's right? literally just like, cool. Just likes, comments, <laughs> a heart. It's like, no, that's, that's irrelevant to me. If you don't like my work and you don't want to read what I'm saying and engage yeah. with that, that's amazing. Don't follow me. Yeah. If you don't like what I post, if you don't like what I share, if you don't like the things I talk about, that's great. Yeah. When you choose to follow me, you're choosing to accept that you're signing the release form saying you accept yeah. all of me in your life. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's it's just kind of as simple as that, but I'm I'm very selective for that reason. I want to give people in my yeah. world my energy like in its full capacity, not just yeah. like the drained out because I'm trying to give everybody everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely have noticed there's been a lot of people who've gotten a little bit like butthurt about it and sent me messages yeah. being like, why aren't you following me back or whatever? It's like, if you're only following me so that I follow you back, please unfollow me. Yeah. I'm not interested yeah. in the follow. Thank I know. you. <laughs> I and it's, and that it is what it is. Um, yeah. I've, it took me a little bit of time to kind of find a little group of people who agree yeah. with that, but there are, there's, there's some of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting too, because I find that's like something that I still, sometimes the question pops up in my head when somebody follows me, I'm like, depending who it is, I guess. Like, yeah. There's like some people where it's like, 
you look at the username and it's like cool like super cool if they followed me but then yeah. there's like other people where it's like oh I I have somewhat of a personal yeah. like I, I know them through other friends it's like am I obligated to follow back and then it's like at the end of the day you just have to do yeah and it's <laughs> What's like good for you? nope you're yeah. not yeah. you're not obligated thing. to follow anyone exactly. <laughs> do what makes your heart happy yes exactly um I think on that point I wanted to talk about um ooh, actually I think a good segue is regret mm. so why do you think people hold on to regret I think people hold on to regret because they want to believe that like we're better than we are yeah. And so when we think back and think, oh, like I, I, I regret not doing it differently. Like we forget that you yeah. did the best that you could with the information that you had at the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't expect past you to know what you know now. Yeah. And it's easy to regret when you know all of the stuff you know now. Like if I were to look back on my abusive relationships, like yeah. shit, I would have done yeah. so many things differently than yeah. now. But then, and in the moment, obviously like that was completely different. And I did the best I could with the information I had and with what I thought and what I believed. And if I were to regret my abusive relationships, I wouldn't be where I was now and I wouldn't have my business and I wouldn't, you know, have grown the way that I have. And while it's super easy, especially when you're still in like the negative feelings of it, like right after the breakups, for instance, I completely regretted getting into the relationships, Yeah, right? Like why did, why was I such an idiot? Why did I do that? How did I completely believe after time and time again? And like, why did I let myself get so low or all of these different reasons, all of your regrets, they all come up. And one by one, I had to work through each of them individually and be like, well, like this is why I didn't leave sooner. And this is why this happened. And this is why, and I had to like reality check myself and say, you know, yeah, you know so much now that's great, but like, you can't go back and judge a you that didn't know that because you had to learn it somewhere. Um, and that's, I think the biggest thing when it comes to regret is it's like, we, we want our past selves to be this incredible like person, but we're not. And when that discrepancy happens, it's like, Oh, well that means it wasn't good enough. Like, yeah. but it was, it got you here and you're exactly. fucking incredible for doing that. Yeah. So you I know. think there's a, like, for me, I find like the, the topic of regret interesting mm-hmm. because I feel like that's something that I don't really yeah. <laughs> understand mostly because I feel like I don't quite, I feel like I'm pretty easygoing. It's one of the things that I just find like very interesting because I don't find myself regretting a whole lot, Yeah. which is, I think... I definitely, there was a time where I was like that, but I think it's one of the, like, one of the first things when I think about, like, becoming an adult or whatever, yeah. I'm like, I feel like it's one of the first things that I just, like, quickly, like, let that yeah, know. quickly conquered. I was just like, I don't feel like there's any point in regretting. Yeah. Because it's just wasted energy. It's a, such a healthy way of looking at it. Yeah. It's true. Know. Like, the only things I've, like, that I kind of had the relationship of regret with yeah. were all based on people pleasing. So anything yeah, that true. I've ever regretted yeah. in my life, it all came from this needy place of people pleasing, which, you know, I had obviously like partially from a kid, but then 
different relationships and different things throughout my life then aggravated it and made yeah. it worse. And then getting into abusive relationships made it worse. And yeah. then each one just kind of not even so much made it worse, but like strengthened yeah. the patterns that I had. Yeah. So it was kind of like the first relationship went a certain way. And then when the second relationship went the exact same way, it was like, oh, yeah. this is how relationships work. And then when the third one did it, it was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so those were, I had those, I had the biggest regrets around building those habits. Yeah. Cause it was kind of like, if I hadn't built those habits, all of the problems in yeah. my life would literally have not existed. Now, mm. granted, I would have created new ones. I know this, yeah. but they wouldn't have been those problems. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that was where the regret always was for me. And it was once I realized like what was driving yeah. the emotions and the moments that I was regretting, I could put a stop to that. Like I figured mm. out that I always regretted when I acted manipulative because I was people pleasing, right? right? I would do something like, I think you want me to do this, so I'm going to do it. So that way you can't leave me. Yeah. Right. So like manipulative, not in like a facetious sort of like trying to hurt you way, but I'm manipulating the situation so that you feel like you need me. Yeah. So that way I feel secure in the relationship, which Mm -hmm. is manipulation. It's not healthy. It is not okay. But because I truly felt like nobody would want to be with me without needing me. Yeah. I had to create those moments. And so mm-hmm. those were the ones that I regretted because it was like, oh, okay, well I, like I literally created that yeah. from the start. Yeah. <laughs> and once I realized that and I could stop now when I feel myself, like when I feel insecure, I can feel it's like a little people pleasy little bubble that kind yeah. of like comes from my gut. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get yourself back down. But it took me so long to recognize that. And it comes up anytime I'm feeling insecure, even if I'm not feeling insecure about anything like related to what's going on, it just bubbles up. And then I will automatically just start doing things for people. And I'm like, what am I doing? And it's because I'm trying to feel secure Mm -hmm. in a really messed up convoluted way. Yeah. So it's, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's interesting. Regret is, I feel like we regret the things that we know we can do better. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of like when you're holding on to the regrets from your past, it's easy to be like, oh, well, like I just regret it instead of learning from it and figuring out how to not do it in the future. Right. Like you did regret it. It is in the past. How can you not do it? Yeah, Next and I time. think that's a good point is to refocus that energy from um, regret and more on to like, okay, so what am I going to do in the future then? Yeah, like how – If I am in the same situation, what am I going to do differently? Yeah, what is my yeah. new path? We've all – we've exactly. tried this yeah. path and it doesn't work. Yeah. So what's Closing a new that one? door. <laughs> We're going to lock that one. Yeah. <laughs> Padlock. <laughs> on that topic um, – I don't have this one written down, but I thought it would be interesting. Um, I thought I did. Where is it? Just the idea of um, purpose. Mm. So one thing I was going to ask you too when you were talking about the work that you do is do you find, do you get a lot of people that are like, I don't even know like what my purpose is? Something like that. Like A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I get lost 
a lot. Like okay. lost is kind yeah. of the term that people tend to use. Mm-hmm. Um, or stuck. Stuck yeah. is another another yeah. one. Um, but like I tend to get people who will come in and say, you know, I'm unhappy mm-hmm. and I don't really know why. Right. Like I, but like, I don't necessarily feel depressed. Like I don't yeah. know. I don't necessarily need to see a doctor and get on antidepressants, but like, I just don't feel it's like you're in this weird, like plateau. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't feel depressed, but I don't feel happy. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm just kind of like living, <laughs> living my life yeah. or like it's living you almost like yeah. you're just going through the motions. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I get a lot. Um, and one of the biggest things when I do, do get people who, who say that is what makes you happy? And yeah. it sounds really, really silly, but one of the biggest things that I get people to do is write a list of the things that make you happy and bring mm-hmm. you joy. Yeah. And then to write a list of the things that you do every day and then compare them. And it sounds so simple and it sounds yeah. so ridiculous, but almost never do the lists line up. Yeah. Almost never are at least three things that make you happy and bring you joy are in your daily list, yeah. which when you write it out is ridiculous. Why yeah. aren't you doing things that make yourself happy every single day? How yeah. on earth do you expect to be happy if you don't do the things that make you happy? Yeah. And sometimes finding purpose is truly as simple as that. It's yeah. what is, what are the things that bring you joy and bring you happiness and make you feel alive? And I feel like we overcomplicate it so yeah. much into thinking that your purpose has to be this big, powerful thing and yeah. that you change the world and that you do all of these crazy things. But what if it's just changing your world? What if it's yeah. just changing the way you see your world? What if it's just filling your day with going for walks or a coffee that you love and sipping it slowly? What if it's wearing your favorite hat or putting on your favorite lip gloss or going, spending time? Like it doesn't necessarily need to be this crazy purpose. You know, I, I truly feel like my purpose is helping people. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've done that so many different ways in my life whether that's through friends and family and work, different jobs that I've had, my own businesses, volunteering, but it bleeds into everything that yeah, I do. exactly. And when you kind of figure out what it is that makes you happy and brings you joy, put it in every aspect of your life yeah. instead of just in the, oh, well, this is me time, so now I get to do what I want. No, no, no. Do what you want in yeah. work. Do what you want with your friends. Do what you want at home. Do what you want all the time. Yeah. And then you'll notice that everyone around you is like, wow, you, you're so happy and you're so energetic. Yeah. And like everything around you always goes great. But it's because the energy that you like release into the yeah. world. You know what I find interesting too is I feel like um, <laughs> this is getting very spiritual (laughs) get into it but I uh because I I think everybody at some point feels a little bit lost but um so I'm like obviously very into astrology Mm -hmm. and (laughs) but in that um kind of like what do we want to call it in learning about it yeah there's also I don't even know what it's called but basically um I think at one point I was just feeling like stuck like I was yeah. like I have no idea where any of this is going because you always feel like you have some type of like end goal mm-hmm. and it was just one of those times where I was like I just feel like nothing's happening and um I'm just like living like just yeah. chilling and um in my 
very limited <laughs> research, they got onto this topic of um, transformation. Mm. And, like, so it's very similar and kind of connected to, like, um, synchronicities. Because I remember at one point, now, I kind of believe this. A lot of people don't. So maybe tune out at this point if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, truly do believe in synchronicities. And, God, I can't remember... Anytime I see a number or something, mm. more than one, like there was one time where I constantly woke up at the same time. And you know, the first couple times it's like, whatever, like, but then, weird. yeah, but then it happened like four or five more times. And I'm like, I clearly need to like something. Yeah. I need to look this up or something. And I think it was actually through that, that I actually found out that like the meaning behind the, the numbers that I kept seeing was, like, transformation. Mm. And then it wasn't until, like, this had happened to me a couple times. wasn't the same numbers, but they all kind of relatively Related fell something. into the same, yeah, concepts. And it's then that I kind of connected the dots where it was, like, it's weird how every time I feel kind of stuck or lost, I'm, like, on the edge of, like, some something. type of change. Yeah, yeah. like... It's that moment where all of a sudden you, like, completely change things. Might be, like, a small change at the beginning, but it's weird. It's, like, I don't know why. It it probably was, like, three or four times that this happened where I was, like, oh, shit. Like, every time I feel that way, it's, like, some type of change is coming. That's interesting that you kind of picked up on. Because I feel like everybody, like, we all sense things. Yeah. And it's just a matter of when you like train yourself to sense things yeah. more intuitively. Right. Like, yeah. And I, it's kind of like, you can be like that with like external energy and it's very similar even with your internal energies, yeah. right? Like when you're feeling a certain way, like where is it coming from? Yeah. What is it? What, what, what's driving that feeling? There were so many times when it's like, Oh, well, like I'm feeling frustrated. And then we act this way because we're frustrated. But yeah. why are you frustrated? Yeah. Because what you're frustrated by kind of determines how you have to deal with your frustration. You can't just deal with every frustration the same way. And it's that same, like taking the time to pay attention when something's trying to get it. Yeah. Like something's trying to get your attention, whether it's internal or external and you got to listen to it. So would you say you believe in signs then? I do Mm -hmm. personally. Um, I'm one of those people that almost every time I look at the clock, it's like a double, triple number almost all of the time. Um, even like I'll pick up my phone and it's always like 2:22 or 11:11 or I'll like go to cook something and every like it's very like that and honestly especially since my grandpa passed away um like finding like the dimes everywhere and like I'll be sometimes like I'll take a picture on Snapchat and like his face will almost like come up um yeah Yeah. it's crazy (laughs) uh and so like I totally believe in something when what what that is I'm not super like yeah set on um but there's definitely an external energy around us yeah and I'm completely believe in that especially being an empath like yes yeah because like I don't know I feel like I always say that my intuition is correct (laughs) yeah and my friends make fun of me but I truly do believe that it's like and that's actually I feel like by paying attention to the signs that I like feel like I'm seeing it. Yeah. I feel like now I'm like, it's weird. I almost feel like I have this weird energy where it's like, I feel like I need to be looking out for something. Yeah. And it's, there was one day where I was literally just driving to the grocery store 
And I kept seeing the same letters mm. in these license plates. And yeah, and it was talking about travel, which is mm. weird because it's COVID. But this was actually right before I moved. <laughs> huh. So it was really weird. And um, so it was talking about like travel. And then it was also talking about like new beginnings, mm. like something's like something's ending and something's starting. And it's like, I mean, I was living with my brother. So yeah. now I'm living You're alone. You're in a new like transition. A new, yeah. yeah. That's so really it was very neat. interesting. Yeah. Especially when you think about like where you are in life and like how it applies. Yes. I don't know. I truly do believe like, and it's weird. I wouldn't think to look at license plates, mm-hmm. but. But like how, to notice it. And yeah. Then, yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Me too. Even when you don't know the reason at the time, even yeah. when everything is going to shit and it feels awful and yeah. like it. No, I still believe that everything happens for Same. a reason. Yeah. And it's those moments that like remind me of that. So like when yeah. I'm in one of those moments and I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst. And like, this is awful. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I will see that like double number yeah. or I'll see, you know, a dime or I'll see something that just like a weird, you know, groundhog day moment or yeah. a deja vu. Like I feel like I'm on the right path and that just yeah. calms me. And it's like, yeah, no, I, everything does happen for a reason even if I can't see it right now. And that, that makes me feel at peace with my life. Yeah. And I think, so I always get made fun of for it (laughs) only in like the teasing way. Yeah. I find it it funny because, um, I agree with that. Like, I I don't think there's anything wrong with finding that peace, Mm -hmm. even if it's like not necessarily scientific or whatever the case may be. Cause everyone's like, there's no facts behind it. However, I think it's harmless and it's one of those things where it's like, if it brings you peace, who cares? And it makes you happy and you feel at peace with your life, believing in that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that there aren't facts about that people believe in. Yeah. It's funny too, because when I moved, so because I got on this, like, I think this might've been around the time where I kept seeing the same license plate. Mm. I ended up looking up like the numbers of my previous apartment. Yeah. And then um, the numbers of my new apartment. Yeah. And so, so creepy because, like, my the numbers for my new apartment basically just signified, like, um, stability and, like, new growth. Like, just so shit like cool. that. Yeah. And then my – I was looking at my old one. And I can't remember. I think it was just talking about, like, um, temporary, like – I don't know. Yeah. It was – yeah, it was very interesting. I thought it was very weird because – we only lived there for like a year. Yeah. So it made sense that it was like temporary. Yeah, it was short I don't term. Know. Very weird, but it was like, I don't know why I felt the need to look up the numbers for some reason that yeah. day, but I ended up doing it and it was really interesting to see like what it said. Yeah. And so yeah. it's kind of like, so some part of you was like looking for that like yeah, confirmation exactly. and, and like, yeah, you were on the right path and then you kind of found it, right? Yeah. Which is exactly. cool. Yeah. Um. Would you have changed any of the choices that you have made in your past? Because we were just kind of talking mm-hmm. about that too, about how it kind of led you to where you're supposed to be. Because I agree. I don't think I would change. If I were to go back and be like, like, I don't think there's anything that I would change because I'm happy with where I'm at now. And I wouldn't be mm-hmm. where I'm at now if it wasn't for any of the stuff that I had gone through. I totally agree with that because... Personally, like obviously I've made a buttload of awful decisions <laughs> um, and that I really shouldn't have made. And that, of course, at the time it would have been great if I had made different decisions, yeah. but 
if I had the opportunity to go back, I don't think I would. Yeah. Um, because I really love my life right now. Yeah. Um, I'm so like, I'm really happy with like how I've grown and what I've created and my business and my relationships and my family. And I've grown so much through making horrible decisions yes. <laughs> and having to deal with the consequences that yeah. came with them and having to grow up and having to learn the things and teach other people than these things. Yeah. I feel like if I made any different decisions during that journey, I wouldn't be able to help people the way that I do now. Yeah. Um, because you do it through experience. Yeah. Too. It yeah. was, it was my own feelings and my own dumb decisions that led me to recognizing the same decisions in other people. And once yeah. I was, okay, it's not just me, yeah. you know, we all tell ourselves that it's just you or just yeah. me that's dealing with it. And it makes it so much more difficult. And once I realized that it's, literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it it became so much less stressful because it's yeah. like, oh okay, everyone is failing at this. Yeah. Um, not just me. And going back and changing my life would only change my current destination. Yeah. It wouldn't necessarily guarantee less pain or less stress or less yeah. problems. It would just change them. Yeah. maybe to ones I wouldn't be so capable of handling or growing mm -hmm. through. Whereas the ones that I picked are ones that I was able to work through. Maybe if I made different decisions, it would have driven me somewhere completely different. And maybe I would love that also, but yeah. I don't, I don't think I would go back and change anything. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, like I think it's life. important to like, in that aspect, like I think it's important to experience that stuff because then you know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think like not to use this as an example, but like, for example, like people that never have a job and then all of a sudden they like have no idea where to start. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's important for in the same sense to apply that to like frustrating experiences. Like, dealing with difficult clients. Like if you never have a difficult client, the one client that you do have, that's going to break you. It's going to break you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, I think it's important to experience difficult clients now mm -hmm. and then because it teaches you different ways to deal with people yeah. and you know, to, cause I used to have that mindset where I don't even know. I think I was still kind of getting like into photography and stuff mm -hmm. and I would have, it felt like I had a difficult client yeah. Almost every week. And then at one point I kind of changed my thinking into being like, well, like why? Like, yeah. Look at the situation. Like, why are they unhappy? Is it something that, you know, I need to do differently because mm -hmm. if it's reoccurring, like, is it me? Am I causing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this a problem with every client or is it a problem? With yeah. Me? <laughs> and there is of course, just like, sometimes there are difficult clients for whatever reason. Totally. Everybody deals with it, but I think it's how you react to it that makes a big difference as well. Well, and it's only experience that gets you yeah. practice in it. Like personally, one yeah. of my first jobs. It's like job experience. Exactly. Yeah. One of my first jobs, I was tech support at TELUS Mobility. Yeah. So like my life was threatened <laughs> on the regular. Yeah. Every day I had somebody threaten to kill me over the phone, oh over God. their cell phone. It was actually insane. Um, they are expensive, but they, they are. Well, and it was it, even in the training, bit. they actually sit you down and they tell you, they're like, just so you know, you're, you will be threatened. You wow. will get yelled at. These are going to happen. If you're not going to be able to handle it, don't work here. 
And it was, it was very legit. They're like, you can't hang up on these customers because they're a customer. So if you're not capable of handling it, that's completely fine. This job isn't for you. Um, and I was like, challenge accepted. Let's see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love dealing with difficult customers actually, Mm -hmm. because I see it as a challenge. Um, Being an empath and being somebody who builds rapport really, really quickly, Mm. um, I have this internal thing like, no, 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 you're going to like me, which kind of messes me up in other areas (laughs) because, like, I struggle when people dislike me for, like, an insignificant reason. If you don't like me for a real reason, I don't really care. But if you (laughs) dislike me for something insignificant, I'm kind of always like, why? Yeah. Why is that irrelevant? But – <clears throat> completely lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? You're talking um, about tech support. Right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. when, <laughs> when I was in tech support, like people are literally like threatening your life. Like they, yeah. they call, they're like asking you what your skin color is and where you're from and like what, because they want to make sure you're white and they want to make sure that That's you speak. It, it was, it was actually disgusting. Um, and people like yeah. yelling and freaking out and dealing with that taught me so many incredible skills because within six months I went into the loyalty and retention team, which is essentially like after you hate tech support enough and you want to quit, you want to cancel, you get transferred to there. And so, um, one of my favorite jobs was being like the last line of person. So like, yeah, like I'm the last person. If you don't, if you won't stay with me, you're, you're leaving, you're gone. And those skills that I learned a year and a half in that job are literally like untoppable. I get yeah. into any job right now or I talk to anybody and they're like, Oh, what's your experience? I'm like I worked uh, cancellation at TELUS tech yeah. support for two years. They're like, wow, you can handle a lot of bullshit. Can you? <laughs> yes. Um, and that's what I was doing while I was like building my like personal training up. That's how I was funding it. Yeah. And it, it taught me how to deal with awful customers. Mm -hmm. So then I had an awful personal training customer. Like you're really not that bad because I'm comparing you to this person who was just threatening my life at TELUS. And so I think having these bad experiences with jobs or clients or family members and friends just puts it into perspective. Then when you have other ones, you're like, okay, like I have the skills to do this. This isn't that difficult. I can handle this. You're just frustrated. You're just angry. You're just whatever. Like it's Mm -hmm. just an emotion and you get less offended by it. Working there taught me that how you're feeling has nothing to do with me. And I really needed to learn that. Um, And so I was able now when people are upset, I don't take on their feelings as their own, as my own and be like, oh, well, if you're angry, that means I have to be angry. I can hold space for your anger and still be happy and bubbly and help you work through your anger. And I feel like that made me so much of a better coach, which sounds ridiculous. It's like, oh, working at tech support at a mobility company (laughs) made me a great coach, but it's because it taught me to deal with people at their absolute worst in their most angriest, you know, breakdown, crying, frustrated moments Mm -hmm. and turn it around when they really didn't want to. And now I can take those skills and use that in every other aspect of my life. And it's a very valuable skill. Yeah, I can agree. There was, um, I don't remember where I read this, but somebody, I'd read this one time about dealing with cult, uh, customers and they were talking about um, 
how it kind of goes back to like validating how they're feeling because mm-hmm. I think especially for companies anyway like a lot of them just have like certain policies they don't really care about the situation they're kind of just like this is the option xyz and yeah. you know it doesn't matter There's that no you're emotions. incredibly upset whereas um I can't remember what article it was but I was reading this article and basically it was talking about how like a really successful way of approaching this. And of course there's many different ways, but like a really good way of approaching it is validating how the person is feeling and working with them rather than, Mm. you know, just kind of spewing telling them how you're right. Yeah. People don't like to be, especially when they're upset. If I'm upset and I'm angry, one of the biggest things that they taught us to do first was like when they get on the phone, when somebody gets on the phone or somebody is talking to you and they're upset, just one, let them vent. Don't interrupt. Don't stop. Don't say anything like nod your head, say yes, acknowledge that you're listening, but let them get it all off their chest. If it takes two minutes, if it takes 20, who cares? Just let it out. Once that is processed, listen during that time and try to notice the words that they focus on and repeat. Did they repeat the same word 15 times in a two minute spiel? That word's probably very important to them. Maybe ask a question about that word. Um, If they try to say the same thing in like three different ways, maybe Mm -hmm. paraphrase what they're saying. And like, what I'm understanding is this, am I right? Um, And it kind of, it's like, this is what I heard, but I want to confirm that. And then it makes them say, okay, you, you were listening one, because you didn't just repeat my words back to me. Yeah. You changed them. So it's like, you took my words, understood them and then repeated them. And I think that's, that's so important because people don't listen. Um, it's true. It's one of the biggest (laughs) things that I, I notice almost every single client that I have tells me that. Yeah. Afterwards, they're like, I love talking to you. And that's what makes like empaths like so good for these types of things. Yeah. It's just because, and not only do you listen, like you listen with your ears and you listen with like your energy and you listen with all of it. And so when I'm talking to somebody, I'm listening to the words that they're saying. And I'm also paying attention to if the words that they're saying is matching what they're feeling. Yeah. And so when I notice a discrepancy, I can also call that out and that's taken time and that's, yeah, it's taken me a little while to be able to do that confidently because yeah. <laughs> at first telling people, are you sure that's what you're really feeling? And they're like, I'm sorry, excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, um, <laughs> Maybe. um, but now after, now that I've been doing it for a while, I'm so much more comfortable being, and I don't, it's not calling it out anymore. I, yeah. it's more of a, could it be possible that this could be happening? Yeah. Oh, that is possible. You're like a Interesting. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like I like to think it. I like to think of myself as kind of like a personal trainer for your mental health. Yeah. So it's kind of like there are some aspects that come from therapy. There are some aspects that come from psychology. There's some that come from personal training. There's some that come yeah. from coaching and counseling. I kind of pick and mix and match. Um, yeah. Basically because I do everything online instead of doing like a psychology degree, what I did is I mix and matched every online psychology, neurology, and mental health program that you can do online. So I've got a couple from um, a few different like Asian countries and Australian um, universities and like the U S and everything. And I just basically like that course is actionable. That course, like only the ones that 
actually are usable because I don't need English courses. I don't need like history courses for what I'm doing. Um, and so I make sure I try to make sure that I'm signing up for at least one to two new courses, like every month or two. So I'm like trying to find a new way to do what, because kind of like what we said earlier, it may, you may need to read the same thing yeah. written in 10 different ways, 20 different and times before it connects. And when you're working with people, like people are complex. Like there's never going to be one way of one approaching One size something. fits all. Yeah. No. And, and it goes back to that idea that like, I'm a big believer anyway in like the constant learning. Like mm-hmm. I think there's always new ways to do yes. something. New and when you stop things. learning, you stop like, I don't know. I, yeah. 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 I don't know. (laughs) I feel like if you're not learning something, you're falling behind because everything is always changing. Yeah. Even like the things like that I learned two years ago are like, they're like, oh, well maybe that's not a hundred percent now. And we're changing some other things. So you kind of have to always be up on it. But it makes sense when you think about like the healthcare industry. Well, it is. It's so many of those things are always changing. It's always changing. And not even just, it's always changing, but everybody is so different. So even if this works for everybody, like, or most people, like it might work differently for you and it works differently in everybody. And so what I find, um, is like, for instance, when you Google something, cause you want to, you know, feel better about yourself or get rid of negative thoughts or do any of the things like self work and you Google it, and then you find 15 articles that contradict each other, Yeah. right? Because it's yeah. like, oh, well, you need to do this to care for yourself. And you need to do this to care for yourself. Yeah. But if you do these things, you don't care for yourself. And, and and it's like it gets so confusing and overwhelming that what do you actually do? Yeah. And then we feel like it's more of a job than yeah. it's actually about just like enjoying your life. And we overcomplicate yeah. it so much. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like how can I add more complication to yeah. this? Like, no, just leave it. <laughs> That's so true. Though. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for joining. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It was so great to chat. And um, I feel like I missed you so much. Over I know quarantine. it's been so long. I know, it's weird because it was literally three months, but like, it time literally felt, stopped. It did. It was oh, like so three long. months, like in a vacuum. Yeah. It, it, like it and just, now that things are opening up, it literally doesn't feel like anything changed. No, which is almost weird. weird. Yeah. I'm going around places and people, it feels a little too back to normal for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should have. I feel like the only difference is the stickers on the floor well, and, and there's like, the like extra measures. And there's so. like this feeling amongst people yes I know what you're feeling that like everyone is so uneasy right now and because they're like looking at you like are you sick I cleared my throat the other day and I was like I'm sorry I'm sorry I have such a hard time being in public because I feel like if I need to cough or sneeze or clear my throat I'm like I just need to I have an itchy nose I'm not sick I swear you know what's funny too is the other day I was at London Drugs and I, I think I like got itchy on my chin or something and like went to scratch and then everyone was like (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you touching your face? Oh my god! <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. So aside from that, though, everything's been pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the weirdest thing is yeah. just the vibe. The vibe. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for joining. Um, it's been a very long <laughs> chat, but it was really good. So. Yeah. 
Um, we will see you guys next week, I guess, with another probably person on the, <laughs> on the show. I'll talk to you guys later.